Ah, hello there. So, uh, this month I'm going to be doing a mixture of October pay-per-view views and shows that feature Helena, classic Helena Cell matches. I've already done the, uh, the October 1996 show about Buried Alive that's also on here, so I recorded that the other day. But uh, this show it can features both. It's October 1997's pay-per-view in your house, Bad Blood, which also happens to feature the very first ever Hell in a Cell match. Definitely worth just definitely worth rewatching again and reviewing. Uh, coincidentally, as well, this show took this uh, today's the anniversary of this show took place on the fifth of October, nineteen ninety seven. So that was what twenty three years ago. Time flies. Time flies. So let's go uh, get started with this. It's uh, noticeable for uh, many reasons. Many reasons. Um, Brian Pillman passed away. Uh, it looks like either the night before or the day of the show. And uh, it was announced on the uh, the free the free for, free for all apparently because they mentioned that on the broadcast here. Um, sounds like it was done. The, it happened. They they didn't find out about this until very late in the day of the show because it's uh, they they don't have very much information at all about this to begin with. It's like they they mention it almost as in passing, almost. Like they don't have that much information, and they, they say that they announced it on the free the free free for all, which is on before the pay per view, but not a great deal of information is known at the time. The update later in the night, they mention as well that he wrestled the night before at an event that was found dead in his hotel room, and they do know later on they, they mention that it looks like there could have been a drug overdose involved, and just shows you though, but yeah, absolute tragedy there. So. Uh, yeah, so that's what one thing that's noticeable about this uh, show. And um, another thing is uh, Vincent Mann is the main commentator here. And um, well, the other thing to mention is this is the final time Vince McMahon ever has actually the lead announcer on a WWE pay per view because the month after this, a certain screw job happens in a certain French Canadian town. So more on that in another time. Time will. So there you have it. But um, yeah. So that's also noticeable, and of course, what this pay-per-view was set on the first ever Hell in a Cell match. So let's get going right into the show itself. It kicks off with the Nation of Domination. It turns it to be a three-on-two match against the Legion of Doom. Of course, um, Ken Chamberlain was meant to be in this match, but he got injured, so it was meant to be a six-man. So, but it's three-on-two against the Nation, of course, as well. We're on the subject of sad passes, much more recent. Animal, of course, Joe Laurinaitis passed away just under two weeks ago. It was announced, so it's another tragedy. So at least Hawk and Animal, one of the great all-time tag teams, now reunited up there in the sky, I suppose. So, but, um, but as uh, as openers go, just going on to the show again, it's uh, a good opener, good solid opener. It's entertaining. Uh, the nation get the win. It's a three-on-two. The three nine other members of the nation. It's the Rock. Kama and uh, D'Lo in this match. Uh, Rock pins, I think it was Hawk. I think it was Hawk, I can't quite remember. But the match is quite enjoyable. Gives The Rock a pay-per-view win before he was building himself up, before we knew what he was going to become. So, yeah, good match, good solid opening. With the uh, tragic passing of Brian Pillman, they did have to add scramble as well and add some matches in here. So they added here... Because uh, Brian Pillman was meant to take on Dude Love, I believe, in this match. 
but uh, what did they then put in here? They had the minis out there, so they had the midget wrestler that was Max, a tag match, Max Mini and Nova against Tarantula and Mosaic. Um, again, it's fine for what it is to actually go out there. The minis were a good little attraction. It was something for the kids, really, yeah, in a time when it was mostly an adult program. But you know what? Well, you've got to have something for there. And it, it gave a little bit of balance to that. So the match itself was fine, some little comedy spots. It doesn't. There was one in your house, Ground Zero, with the minis, which dragged on too long. But this one's actually quite well paced. For what it is, they probably had very little time to prepare. They went out and did a good job. So can't really grumble about that at all. Up next, speaking of not being able to grumble, up next, Sonny comes out to do ring announcement. Yay, happy days. Uh, it's for the tag title match between the Headbangers defending against the Godwins. Headbangers had won the titles from... Um, it went the vacant tag titles a month earlier at Ground Zero. So I remember saying at the time, I can't remember how they lost the titles. I remember them winning them, but I can't remember how they lost it and who they lost them to. Well, now I've got my answer because they lost them here with the Godwins. Probably why I can't remember because this match is fine. It's not a bad match, but it's pretty forgettable. But the Godwins, yeah, never really liked them, to be honest. And I think as well, I still, I've said it many a time before, still got in for Phineas for Slop and Sonny all those years back. It's, unforgivable never got over it so <laughs> there you go and that's brought back memories of that seeing them in the same segment but there you have it but uh, yeah the godwins won here's the thing to point out though the godwins were beating the headbangers up after the bell after the one and then there's an announcement saying if the godwins don't stop they'll reverse the decision and they'll be stripped to the titles right which brings me back to, I reviewed uh, One Night Only, the one that had the Shawn Michaels from the British Bulldog, which was from September 1997, a few weeks earlier. Yeah. Why didn't, and I remember that was one of my big plot holes, if anyone's heard the review, and I remember saying, because Shawn wouldn't let go of the Bulldog, he had it on for ages, the submission hold after it, but they didn't attempt to even mention the, reversing the decision. What a big plot. That makes that plot hole even bigger because it was only a few weeks after this. So there you have it. Ridiculous. So uh, there's also here a little ceremony when they give some legends a plaque, which is nice. Just a bit of time filler. And it might be scrambling for time a little bit here. But I think that was this was planned anyway for the instant Lewis. So I think they were meant to be doing this anyway. Without that. Uh, up next, you've got you've got the Intercontinental title. There was an Intercontinental title tournament, and the finals came down. The finals came on this pay-per-view. It was Owen Hart versus Fruit, because Stone Cold had to give up the Intercontinental title due to the injury. So what you've got here is Hart Foundation versus The Nation, and it's uh, heel versus heel. So the crowd don't seem to know how to react here at this point. But luckily, you've got Stone Cold comes out, rings the belt, and you've got Stone Cold causing havoc at ringside. They have a decent enough match in itself, but you've got it's the whole focus does really seem to be on Stone Cold. He's going about talking to the Spanish, and he goes on the English commentary team for a bit, and then he goes on the Spanish commentary team saying, hey, I don't know what the hell she's saying, son. You better not be insulting Stone Cold, and things like that. So Stone Cold kind of steals the show here. And the finish as well, basically, Austin hits Farouk with the belt behind the referee's back, Owen pins Farouk wins the title. Basically, he's done that. He's doing that so Owen gets the title, so when he comes back, he can beat him for it, which he did a month later, so there you have it. It's match itself's fine, but it's most notable for Stone Cold's antics. Anyway, up next, we have another 
in the uh, another sort of match that was put together at the last minute. It's uh, DOA Disciples of Apocalypse versus the Los Bariquas. So, um, eight man tag it was. It's kind of a rematch from what happened at SummerSlam. They were thrown together at the last minute. They actually go out here and have a pretty solid match. I remember them, they had a pretty solid match at the SummerSlam 97 and they did again here. So it's actually quite enjoyable. DOA won, so that was fine. Yeah, these factions didn't last long either of them. They were sort of offshoots from when Crush and Savio left the nation, but the nation was the real dominant faction. We think we all know that, but match itself was fine, especially considering that was put in at the last minute. So, yeah, there you go. Up next, uh, another tag match. It was, it, it was meant to be a flag match, and it is officially. It's Bret Hart and the British Bulldog versus Patriot Invader, but... So usually the rules of the flag match is you retrieve your country's flag and that's how you win it. But in this match, they basically then at the last minute added pinfalls and submissions. You can win it by pin and submission, which is fine. But they, there wasn't much attempting to grab the flag, which was odd considering it was meant to be a flag match. But ah, well, there you have it. don't know why they added that in there. But the match itself is actually pretty good. It's a bit long, but it's pretty good. You can see at one point a couple of fans try to jump in the ring. It's probably people trying that whole USA and Canada war thing was ramping up back then, so I think some people got a bit too eager back then. But uh, yeah, it's actually it's most notable. It's actually quite good to see Bret Hart in the ring with Vader because it didn't happen very much in in WWF at that time. Remember they had that f a final four match at one of the end in your houses. I don't ever remember seeing these two having a singles feud. So don't ever remember it. I'm not saying it never happened, but don't ever remember it. So that was, that was quite good. But yeah, Bret Hart wins, pins the Patriot. So yeah, there you have it. But the the real reason to see this show is, of course, the main event, which is the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, LSL, first time ever. It was so perfect because, as I mentioned in my Ground Zero review from last month, that uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels the first time ever ended in a no contest because I think they just go, both got disqualified. But um, and this necessitated this made the creation of the hit of the cell necessary to contain the chaos, which which was good storytelling, which is why you could be oh it's a draw, it's disappointing, but then which there would be nowadays fans, but they actually now had a reason for it to go, for it to happen, for it to take it to the next level, and it was just perfect. And on a side thing, um, one of the problems I've got now with October pay-per-views always being Hell in a Cell is quite often some of the matches that they put in Hell in a Cell there are just there because it's that time of year. Hell in a Cell should really be a feud for a set to settle a feud that's just so violent and barbaric that there's no other way you can settle it. But nah, nowadays it's just, oh, it's October, who's feuding? Uh, let's put these two in the cell. Case in point, The Fiend and Seth Rollins last year, where they booked themselves into a corner. Uh, every now and again, you still get the right ones, though, at this time of the year. You mean, things like Rollins and Ambrose made sense to do in the cell, and they did an Undertaker-Lesnar one in 2015, just a second cell match. Every now and again, it does work out, but quite often, a lot of these ones at the modern Hell in Cell pay-per-views are kind of pointless, and it's kind of bastardised the, the structure a little bit. But there you have it. But the match itself is outstanding. It's absolutely brilliant. It doesn't get the love it deserves in many ways because it almost gets overshadowed by the classics that these two had at WrestleMania, particularly WrestleMania 25. Everyone talks about them. And then Sean's retirement at 26. 
they don't talk as much about this in this match. Oh, well, okay, it maybe isn't quite as good as 25, but it's pretty fucking awesome in its own right. It's just outstanding. Uh, you've got so many great moments as well. Milton moments I've forgotten about, like when Shawn Michaels lands on the cameraman and he just beats him up, and that's why they have to open the cell to get so the cameraman can get medical attention, and then they start fighting outside it. But what it then comes down to, the finish. The finish is glorious. Undertaker's just hit Sean with a chair and then comes, and this is why this show is so notable. Another reason why it's so notable is the debut, one of the great, possibly the greatest debut of all time, Kane. What a debut. What a perfect way for it to be done. It had been teased for months by Paul Bearer that something was good, that Kane was coming. And when he came, oh, what an impact. You can see that and everything about it. The lights going out and the music when he came out. The look of the character. When he, went, <clears throat> when he stared down to the Undertaker and Undertaker sold it brilliantly with his facial expressions. You got Vince on country going, that's got to be king. It was just amazing. What a debut. That is how it's done. And of course, then King delivers the tombstone on the Undertaker and then Sean crawls over and wins. But... Uh, Oh, <clears throat> the first ever Hell in a Cell match goes down in history, not just because for being the first time ever, but because it was awesome and because it had one of the great, and I mean great, debuts of all time. An absolute classic here. So uh, to sum up then, this show overall is remarkably good considering all the, the other things. There's not a bad moment on this show. The, the headbangers and Godwins is a bit forgettable, but... Other than that, that's not bad. And everything else, the filler stuff's fine. They actually do a good job, considering all the circumstances. And, uh, of course, the main event is what you come for, and it more than delivers. More than delivers. So this is a very strong show. Um, and, of course, the main event with the incredible ending, just an absolute masterpiece. So happy anniversary to Bad Blood, 1997. An absolute classic well, an absolute classic Hell in a Cell and one of the all-time great main events. So there you have it. Next up, it won't be an October pay-per-view I'll be reviewing, but it'll be the next classic Hell in a Cell, which, is, which features Undertaker Mankind, which will be King of the Ring 1998. So I'll be reviewing that this week. Look forward to that. So uh, thank you very much for listening there and uh, goodbye.